This is episode number 19 with Dr. Christina Heilmann. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nagy, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries, and change makers, so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential, and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. Welcome back everyone to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm really excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial membership. By signing up for free, you are going to receive your first free audiobook and two free Audible originals. Go to mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook and sign up for a 30-day free trial membership today. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook that's A-U-D-I-O-B-O-O-K. Again, that's mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook. Get the free trial, the free audiobook, and two free Audible originals today. And now let's dive into the episode. My guest today is Dr. Christina Heilmann. And in this episode, Dr. Chris talks about her journey of how she found her passion for sports psychology, mental performance, mindset, and coaching high achievers. We talk about how our mind can get in the way of stepping out of our comfort zones and striving for what we really want in our lives. She talks about three practices that can help us gain awareness and master self-talk so that we can reach peak performance in sport, life and business. She also explains one of her most important philosophies, which says peak performance comes from peak wellness. And now a couple of words about today's guest. Dr. Christina Heilmann is a mental strength coach, speaker, author, and a mountain athlete who for the past 20 years has helped empower people to go beyond their limitations to achieve peak levels of physical, mental, and lifestyle performance. Dr. Chris loves to climb, ski, and play in the mountains, so she understands how to excel at the mental game not from the armchair, but from real life. Dr. Chris earned a PhD in sports psychology from the University of Utah and is also double board certified as an athletic trainer and a strength and conditioning coach. She's trained youth, recreational and elite athletes, as well as CEOs and other high achievers to skyrocket their success to the next level. A few of Dr. Chris's accolades include earning an international award for her research in positive youth development through sport from the Association of Applied Sports Psychology, writing a textbook titled Elevate Your Excellence, The Mindset and Methods That Make Champions, and Being a Mom. Dr. Chris has done other fun stuff like worked as an outdoor educator in Joshua Tree, ski patrol for 10 years, and backpack guided for Knowles and other organizers in the Grand Canyon, Yellowstone, and Tetons. Chris lives in the Tetons with her family and passion for learning new things. So without further ado, let's welcome today's guest. Hi, Chris, and welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? Great. Really excited about uh, today's conversations. Uh, Also honored to have you on the show. As I mentioned in the very beginning uh, of this conversation, you are a mental strength coach, speaker, author, and a mindset coach, and have a PhD in, in sports psychology. 
And so I'm excited to dive into interesting topics that I'm really fascinated by, the human mind, mindset, and, and things like that. But before we do that, could you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background, and most importantly, how did you get where you are today to mindset coaching and sports psychology? Yeah, I'd love to. Well, I grew up in the United States, and I grew up in South Dakota, which is landlocked state, and um, there's it's pretty much prairie land. So if you've ever watched Little House on the Prairie or read her books, um, that's where I grew up, like 30 minutes away from her, um, just to give you a little visual. So lots of rolling hills and plains and grasses, and you know, I came from a you know, a farming community and where there's just, you know, really good hearted, hardworking people um, and really cold, long winters. And so my journey started with um, really being interested in sports. I, you know, didn't grow up mm. in an athletic family. Uh, we went skiing, which is was six hours away in the Black Hills. So we went skiing, you know, once or twice a winter. And so I grew up doing that. But otherwise, my parents weren't exceptionally athletic. And I just like stumbled into sports and running was my first sport. And I was like, oh, I really just like this. I like moving my body. I like connecting with mm. other people. And so that was just, I mean, even as a kid, I was setting up obstacle courses, you know, like timing people like, okay, how fast can you go through this hula hoop, run to the fence, get on the swing set? And like, <laughs> and so I just always had this fascination with just moving my body. And so mm. in high school, I was a long distance runner and a gymnast. And those were my sports. So I was in athletics all year long, and as well as having a job and going to school. Uh, but when I was 16 years old, I had this gymnastics injury that left me pretty devastated. So it was the first week of gymnastics practice. I did a front tuck or a front flip off the, off the balance beam, and I felt a pull in my abdominal muscle. And you know, being the strong athlete that I was, I was like, I can handle this, you know? Um, and I was mm. on a lower balance beam and one of my coaches was like, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't think so. So I went to the doctor and he said I tore an abdominal muscle and my gymnastics career was done. That's what he told me. Um, wow. And so being 16 and having sports be your whole entire world and not have a lot of life experience behind you, like I was really lost. I had a loss of identity. I was frustrated. You know, I went through like this whole grieving process of being angry and all these different things. Like, how can you say that to me? Um, and so I went through a lot of emotions and, but I also went through, I rested, I went through rehab. I just committed to showing up to practice every day. And later on that season, I was able to compete in gymnastics again, despite what mm. a doctor told me. And so that wow. was like my first introduction of like just this, your vast potential of your, of your mind and your body. And because of that experience, I, my first career was being an athletic trainer. So I went to school to help athletes overcome their injuries. So in Europe, that would be like a physiotherapist. 
and so mm-hmm. I did that for my undergrad and then my master's degree, I got an exercise science. So I'm also a, a cert- board certified strength and conditioning specialist. So like physically training athletes, um, not just from an injury perspective, but also from a performance perspective. And so mm-hmm. I got a job at a university and I, um, it was a 50-50 position, so I taught athletic training classes, and then I was an athletic trainer for most of the women's sports. And I, during that time, I would help anywhere from youth all the way to Olympic athletes with, with their injuries. And during that time, I just got more and more fascinated with the mental aspect because I could do these physical rehab or physical exercise with these athletes. But I found that, like, I didn't really help them heal doing these physical exercises. I helped them heal by, like, helping them to remain motivated during their, you know, physical rehab or gaining confidence to return to play after they just tore their ACL and they spent nine months or to a year rehabbing it back and then getting back into play is really scary. And as well as, like, oh, my gosh, as soon as they're – like physical leg on their body, you know, broke, their whole world fell apart. So just got more and more interested of like, why don't these athletes having have coping skills? Why don't I have better coping skills as well? (laughs) And like, and that's also what happened when I was a gymnast, like everything fell apart. And so I also, um, really started getting into more mountain sports, climbing, skiing, like rock climbing and skiing. And uh, my 20s were slipping away. And I was like, this is not the lifestyle I want to live. I want to explore other areas. So I quit my career as an athletic trainer. And I went to be a backpack guide and ski patrol and just did all these other outdoor activities that I'm so passionate about. And then I went back to school and got my PhD in sports psychology, which was like a really huge uh, leap of faith for me. It took me like two years to decide that's what I wanted to do. Um, I mean, it was a huge leap of faith Mm. because I had never taken a class in sports psychology. Like I had psychology 101 in undergrad and that is it. And now I decided to go get a PhD in a class that I've never even took. I just had experience with it and so I was like all right here we go um yeah I fell I fell in love with it it was really hard I mean I was like motivation what is motivation like I know what it is on a personal level but from really a scientific conceptual level I had no idea what motivation was or what all these psychology terms were Mm -hmm. so I really had to dive deep and like what what is that definition? What does this mean? How do you test these things? Um, and so I spent a lot of time in the library reading, um, but I also spent a lot of time playing. Um, my classmates um, once told me that they didn't think I was going to finish school because I was too busy rock climbing and skiing and not focused on my studies, which is very fascinating because I finished in four years. Uh, and my research in positive youth development through sport ended up winning an international award through the Association of Applied Sports Psychology. And so um, there's this avenue of like, you know, playing and passion that came together for me. Mm. And then I started this business called Mindset. And I didn't start out with this entrepreneurial 
idea. Uh, it was really, I went to school to get a PhD because I love teaching and I wanted to teach at a, mm -hmm. continue teaching at a university. I love that age group. I loved expanding people's minds. I loved just that whole collaboration of people just trying to be their best self and make the world a better place. Uh, however, when I was ski patrolling and on my travels, I found a boy and fell in love and fell in love with the Tetons where I live now. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to start a business. <laughs> um, so it was really yeah. out of necessity um, that I started a business. And so as I started realizing that towards my end of my um, PhD, I continued to take college courses all the way up into my last semester, which is really unheard of. Usually you do two years of coursework and then two years of research, but I just kept going because I was new to the field and I just wanted to absorb as much information as I could. And so, mm. so yeah, so then, wow. yeah, mindset was born and now I help athletes uh, from all over the world uh, to reach a better mindset. How do you really develop the champion within so that you can expand to an exponential level and like add value to the world as well as enjoy yourself in the process. So that's a little bit mm. about my, my story. Oh yeah. In the meantime, I, I had a baby and wrote a book <laughs> after I started the business. Those are two huge things too. <laughs> wow. Such an incredible story. And, and, and thank you for sharing this. Uh, so many great things I want to get back to uh, uh, just just uh, for a second before we dive deeper into your business, for example, and mindset. So, for example, I was wondering, you mentioned motivation and you were very passionate about these topics. You wanted to figure out what motivation was. So how did you get clear on these passions, drives, or what was what was your drive at that time? Uh, if you If you look back, like how was your... How could you uh, get conscious about these things? If, if someone, you know, want to find their passion or looking for a path in, in their lives, what advice would you give to these people? Mm. Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, for me, it was really playing outdoors. I just really like to play mm -hmm. outside. And, and because I like to move my body, body and see what it's capable of that was really my passion but i realized like this mm -hmm. mind my mind gets in the way and i wanted to better understand how is it that the mind gets in the way of and preventing me from doing the things that i love um and so that's that's where it started as well as just seeing athletics and sports, I was really tired of the mm -hmm. win at all cost mentality. Like I saw mm -hmm. a lot of egos and coaches, not all coaches, there were great coaches too, but the vast majority, there were a lot of egos and they would just grind and push these athletes into the ground to win. And it just crushed an athlete's body and their self-worth. And I was like, there has to be a better way. This is not why I got into sports. It was really about to discover like 
the strengths I didn't know I had and explore the depths and limits of who I was and to connect with a like-minded community. It had nothing to do with like this winning and performance. It was really about collaboration and how we mm -hmm. can all lift each other up. And so um, that's really where that's really where it came from. And I'd have to say like, nothing is really crystal clear. Even for me today, I'm always like, what's my North star again? <laughs> Cause it's always shifting and changing yeah, and I take yeah. a step and then I course yeah. correct like, Oh, that wasn't the right step, but I took action. And so people, mm -hmm. you know, talk about like, Oh, your passion, this is what you should be doing. But it's really, I think about taking, taking action and figuring out, if that's it or not, <laughs> because originally I wanted mm. to be a physical therapist yeah. and I went and I observed physical therapists, mm. which is different in athlete than athletic trainers because physical therapists work with the whole broad population. And I was like, Oh, I actually don't want to work in a hospital. I want to work with athletes. And so, but I didn't know that until I went to mm. go observe someone. I'm like, Oh, this no, this is actually not what I wanted to do this, you know? And so I think it's taking action so you can get more clear and then you keep course correcting. Wow. Uh, it is so true. And you know, um, when you mentioned this, um, that you experience that the mind gets in the way, this is something very similar to my path because, um, I'm focusing on high achievers as a coach. So my question is, and my curiosity is, what's in the way. So what gets in the way when we want to perform at our best? Um, I focus on businesses and entrepreneurs, so not really on athletes, but I think it's very much the same because we push ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, uh, to the limits, but we want to have this balance at the same time. And sometimes it's really hard. So how we can, uh, how can we optimize our mind? So my answer was to this, that um, the answer is going to be in the mind. So how we can optimize our mindset. And, and, um, that's what I'm focusing on with the podcast as well. So yeah, that's why we talk, <laughs> talk about this. And so like, what do you think about this topic? Um, what gets in the way of high performers, high achievers, athletes, when it comes to the mind, what are the biggest struggles that they face? You know, like I help athletes. I also help CEOs and other um, high performers, and it's and it's really mm. different for everybody. Um, is what I notice. You know, it's all based on like the fear of not being good enough. You know, being maybe an imposter. It's their limiting beliefs from childhood of maybe they grew up with um, not a lot of money. So there's a scarcity. So I just need to keep working and driving. There's also like this ego of, you know, even though these athletes, they look like they're super healthy and they're doing great things. There's also this like achieving becomes consumerism, like anything else, like having the big fancy house or car, um, achieving, I have to keep achieving bigger and bigger things. And what you start to notice is that your experiences become flatter and flatter. And it's really about like, oh, right. How do I be right here right now? And be like, like, um, someone had just told me they went through a bunch of podcasts for rock climbers. I work with a lot of rock climbers and they said the, the gem that they mm -hmm. took away from that was this comment off comment that I made that I, that I say to myself. Um, and it was like, 
I love myself today and tomorrow when I'm just a little bit better, I'll love myself then too. And so I think we, mm-hmm. there's many different ways that we get into, in our way. And a lot of it comes from, you know, our self-talk based on our experiences. And mm-hmm. so my question is, is like, well, what radio station do you want to play in your head? Or if you've heard, yeah, like what radio station? <laughs> it's your good. choice. Like what radio station do you want to play? Or if you've heard of the story of the Wolf of Two Hearts, I don't know if you've heard that story. Mm, so no. there's a, in, in nope. the U.S., there's the story of um, a Cherokee Indian with, um, he's a grandpa mm-hmm. with his son. And he's telling the story mm. of there was a wolf that was born with two hearts. And the two hearts were mm-hmm. the heart of love and the heart of hate. But only one heart survived. Mm-hmm. And so the grandson is like, well, grandpa, like, which heart survived? And he said, the one that you feed. <laughs> wow. So, <laughs> well, day by day. day. Right? So it's yeah. like that self-talk. It's, you have, like, I'm like, do you want to feed the champion or do you want to feed the critic? Because ultimately, mm, yeah, really it's, your, it's your choice. Yeah. yeah. And so in order to have this choice, I suppose we have to have this awareness, right? Because sometimes we are not aware of this self-talk, right? We just feel that, okay, I'm not really motivated or something like that. I feel bad or, you know, and I don't know exactly why. So I suppose first step would be then getting aware of these self-talks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I totally agree. Like the first... The first step is awareness and just being aware. And you don't even have to change anything. It's like, oh, there we go. There's the critic. Like, there you are. Um, And what I call my critic is Bob. And Bob stands for big (laughs) old bully. (laughs) And so, because it can be so heavy, right? Like, like. I haven't mastered this. I Bob still shows up for me. Like I have my own shit I'm dealing mm. with, you know? Um, and so it, it, yeah, the first step is just, just being aware of what's going on and just being mm. curious about it. Like, Oh, that's happening. That's really interesting. Like, um, and just asking questions about mm. that. Like, well, how is that serving me? Well, Oh, like mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's I like to eat chocolate because I felt really productive after work today. Like I deserve this. Like I need some pleasure in my life because I grinded and I was so productive. So I deserve this, right? That's like personally some of my self-talk yeah. that I have that I'm working on. Um, and it's just like, oh, it's just being really aware. And I still eat the chocolate. Like it's, it's a process that I'm going through right now. Um And I'm just really aware of it. Like, well, how does this taste? And bring it back with awareness, bring it back to my senses. Like, is this, does this really taste really good after Mm. the first bite? Like, how do I really feel when I'm eating Mm. it? How do I feel after? How do I feel like 30 minutes after? Um, And just being that awareness Mm. is really just a curiosity. And then once you start building this awareness, then you can start having choices. Like I'm still eating my chocolate and, 
but then I have a choice. Like, actually, now that I'm more aware, I don't really want that. It actually makes me feel like crap. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then if you have a choice, like, what I think is really fascinating is, like, we make choices, these micro daily decisions all the time. And if you think of, mm, like, the yeah, psychologist yeah. Abraham Maslow, yeah, he has mm, the triangle, yeah. right? And at the bottom of the triangle is just like safety and survival. And at the top of the triangle is yeah. self-actualizations. And so what he had yeah. suggested, you know, decades ago was like, you have a choice to either step into safety or to step into growth and self-actualization. Mm. And these happen Every single day, like there's like 12,000 probably different moments that you have in a day if each moment is like three seconds. And each of those micro daily decisions, like they add up. And when you compound those like into days, weeks, and years, like that is your life. Yes, sounds amazing. You know, I'm I'm doing this because I want to grow myself and I want to grow other people. I'm I mean, I want to inspire other people to grow to to aim for uh, self-actualization. And um yeah, it's it's such a great topic uh, actually, but um I wanted to ask about uh, awareness like if someone listening right now uh doesn't really know uh, anything about how to get aware of my thoughts. Uh, what are some practicalities or um, tools that they can use? Uh, what do you use in your life, for example, to get more aware of your thoughts? Yeah, the two main things that I, well, th three main things that I use are, one is meditation, just sitting in silence mm, yeah. um, and just watching what comes up, you know, that non-judgmental awareness, thinking of them as clouds in the sky of like, oh, that's really interesting. And so my meditation practice really is about sitting down each day, not every day, let's be honest, but as many days as I can um, of like, what is it that I need today? Where is it that I want to go today? And so sometimes that looks like doing a guided meditation like I did this morning. Sometimes that is asking that question and mm -hmm. just letting my mind wander. Um, and so sometimes it's like, I want to imagine my day. Maybe it's a big day and, you know, I'm expanding out of my comfort zone. So I actually want to imagine how I want that to go. So meditation is the first thing. Mm -hmm. uh, the second is journaling. Mm -hmm. I've learned so much from just journaling in the morning. So after I meditate, I have a, a gratitude journal and I answer like, what are three things that I'm grateful for right now? And then what are three things that would make today awesome? And then I just, and then I just journal for a little bit after that. So today looked like, um, how do you use the different elements from earth and the rhythms and the seasons to live a more balanced life? So that's what I was journaling about um, today and how we're in fall right now. And so right now it is, this morning I woke up, it's negative to Fahrenheit in the Tetons, which is about negative 20 degrees Celsius. 
Um, so it's it's really cold here, and fall is here, and the wind is moving, and I have like a fast, busy mind. And so when the weather is like that, like it's even more important that I have a meditation practice and a journaling practice to really ground me, because it's really easy for me to get out of balance because the wind is like woo, and I'm like woo. I'm along for the ride <laughs> and I, and I don't get anything done cause I'm just swirling around, you know, like the leaves. <laughs> um, so I really got it like in the fall time, I really have to get dialed in on my routines and my practices. So one meditation, two journaling mm. and three, having a coach or a therapist. Um, mm. and so that really yeah. helps me because I'll say things and they'll reflect back to things to me that I'm like, Oh, like I remember saying something about, you know, my self-worth being tied into what other people think. And I paused and I was like, wait, that's a belief of mine. I don't want that to be a belief of mine. That's BS. <laughs> like, I don't like, I care what I think, you know, I can't let other people determine who I am. Yeah. And so that's, that's the third is like, reach out to a coach or a therapist that you resonate with. You know, that's really important is to like mm. really bond with them on like an emotional or subconscious level of like, yeah, I don't know what it is, but like you're my guy or gal. Yeah, that's really important. And um, I also do meditation and what I also do is visualization and I visualize myself on different levels. I think it comes from NLP um, like, you know, uh, on the level of identity, on the level of beliefs, capabilities and different levels, what I do, who I am becoming and, and things like that. And, um, I use it for implementing positive thoughts in my mind mainly. Right. Because, um, I was wondering like if someone gets aware of their negative self-talk, what are the things that they can do? Like, how do you, uh, help, for example, high achievers or sports people to to get rid of their negative self-talk right so they get aware and then what's next for example yeah what's next so our goal isn't to get rid of bob um or the negative self-talk that's ah, okay. that's actually yeah. not not our goal um because anytime you're mm -hmm. expanding to a new level like bob's gonna come back because bob is there to keep you safe like your self-talk is there like to keep you safe. It's like, oh, I don't know about that. Like I'm not, I don't care about winning. I don't care about your self-growth. I care about your survival and keeping you safe. And so like when Bob shows up for me, I'm like, oh, this is something exciting for me. I am actually stepping into a new growth edge. And so, um, so that's how I view like that negative self-talk. Um, but it can be, you know, it depends on who you are, right? I've been working on this for a long time, so I understand that. But in the beginning, it was about like, oh, how do I actually stop that? You know, that's more of the like the DBT mm -hmm. therapy is like the thought stopping. But then you grow and realize like, oh, Bob's there for a reason. And you know what? I'm just going to let them pass through me once you become more aware. So it depends on where people mm. are in the stages. So if it's like, okay, I just gained this awareness, like, how do I like stop this? And so I like to have like some kind of, mm -hmm. usually like a physical cue, you know, like 
maybe I like squeeze my hands and let it go. Or maybe I just like shake my arms and like, okay, I'm just letting that go. You know, there's Bob, you know, I just let it go. I shake my arms or my body. Um, sometimes like snap my fingers, like, okay, just snap out of it. Um, might be something as well as, uh, the, basketball player Charles Barkley here in the United States, when he had a negative self-talk, he actually, and I don't t- tell this to everybody, it depends on what emotional stability you have, but uh, he'd wear a rubber band on his wrist. And every time he had a negative mm-hmm. self-talk, he would snap it to remind him that the negative self-talk isn't, isn't serving him. So he would snap that. And so my, but mainly what I ask is when that negative self-talk shows up, I ask the question, is this helpful or is this hurtful? Because in the, Mm -hmm. in the world that I live in, like I help rock climbers and big mountain skiers. And like, these are sports where people die. And that negative self-talk can be your intuition that saves your life. So it's not like, oh, come on, just suck it up. I can do this line or whatever it is. It's like, oh, like the (laughs) hair on the back of my neck is standing up. I should listen to that. Maybe I don't ski this line. Maybe there's a high avalanche danger. And so what I, the first step after awareness is like, is this helpful or is this hurtful? Yeah, it's really important that what you're saying is this, that um, we are hardwired for negativity, but this is not what I'm trying to say. Uh, you said um, it keeps us safe. So the, the brain's number one priority is to to, yes. to keep us safe, right? And so whenever we try to grow or expand or step out our out of our comfort zone, for example, with anything, it can be in sports or you know, uh, public speaking or something like that. Bob says that you shouldn't go there. You should stay mm-hmm. in your comfort zone, right? <laughs> because this is Bob's number one priority. But um, talk to us a little bit about this intuition because it was really interesting. You mentioned intuition. Like this is something that comes up in such a situation and then serves us in stepping in situations when we want to step out of our comfort zone. Yeah, but really, like, I think of intuition as, like, like my gut reaction, that first, like, knee-jerk reaction that happens. And a lot of us, like, just ignore that, right? Like, oh, whatever, I'm fine, I don't want to listen to that. But I think it's really valid to listen to that. Like, whether you have Bob or that negative self-talk or the beautiful self-talk that te- that's telling you that you're awesome – each one of them has a gift for you when you invi- invite them in and explore what that is about. Like in in, in performance situations, like I got to be like, okay, Bob, you can sit on my shoulder. I can't really, at least I haven't found a way to deal with you right now. <laughs> um, like, here you go. Just sit on my shoulder. I'm going to keep going along, you know, if I'm public speaking or something like that. Um, And like people have grimaces on their faces and I'm like, do you not like me? Is this not working? Or is it just Mm -hmm. you had some bad lunch? I don't know. Right. We get so wrapped up into that. And it's like, you know what? Stay the course, like be authentic to myself. And so that intuition is really like, okay, there's this gut 
reaction, like, well, what is that about? And can you, if you explore it, then it's less likely to come up again. Or if it does, then you know how to deal with it and you don't have to spend so much time and energy with it. And, um, you know, I was wondering in your business, like what are the core areas that you focus on? So we have talked about negative self-talk and, 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 um, meditation and getting aware of these things but in your practice let's say with people right uh, with high achievers sports people ceos so what are the core areas that you focus on like is it mindset um, beliefs fears um, what are the most common things yeah it is it is all of those things um what i focus on mm-hmm. is connecting with the human being to be to be honest like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i sit down and i just try to be really open and when they're open too mm-hmm. then we co-create what's going on and so i don't have a systematic plan of here's what we do i have hundreds of tools and based on what they're saying, there's just something under the surface that I can't explain as intuition or whatever. It's under the surface that I can ask these like probing questions that people will say, that's really interesting. You asked me that. And, and then it's really helping Mm -hmm. them put the different puzzle pieces together. And I know that's like, like a big broad stroke umbrella thing, but that's that's how I work. And so for like elite athletes, it's really about their life and just how they're navigating their life. They know how to perform. And we talk a little bit about performance, but it's really more about like how they're such a high achiever in, in one area of their life that it's compromised their relationships or, you know, their emotional mm-hmm. well-being because they're not paying attention to it. So we'll work on those things. So I have the philosophy that mm. peak performance comes from peak wellness. And there's four legs on that table, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And so sometimes those elite athletes, it could be mm-hmm. something just very spiritual because they've learned that that's what their sport is to them and they want to explore that more. Um, And so that could look like a lot of different things. It can look like visualizations. Like I've had an elite athlete who wasn't really good at setting goals. Somehow she made it to this elite level. She's like in like movies, but she's just like, I know how to perform, but I don't really know. I don't really have direction. Like, how do I do this? And so that was her thing. But someone else that's completely different, they're like, oh, no, I have daily goals. I have five-year plan. Like, <laughs> um, And so like, I get that question, but it's really like I just meet them at a very human level, and then we go from there. Mm, yeah, that's very beautiful said. And um, you said peak performance come from, comes from peak wellness, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 beautiful. So it's an integrated approach because, yeah, it's it's uh, as you mentioned, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So this is this is really powerful. And uh, when I asked you before our recording, 
what's what are you most passionate about you mentioned for example how joy drives excellence and i was uh wondering what it means so would you tell us a little bit more about that yeah so the title joy drives excellence came about because I was speaking at, I was a keynote speaker at an event that they wanted me to talk about my work with rock climbers. And it was for um, a psychological association. So therapists, psychologists, you know, those Mm -hmm. um, mental mindset people were attending. And what they asked the five keynote speakers to do was to give a 12 minute TED-like talk. Mm-hmm. And they called it the head talk. And so I was like, okay, well, I've never done that before. And it literally took me 100 hours, maybe 200 hours to put that thing together. It took me wow. 10 hours to put together my 90-minute presentation. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so well, okay. what it made me do is just like dig and dig and dig and dig. And what does this mean? And what does this mean? And how did I get here? And and what happened was the title came up with Joy Drives Excellence. Mm, That's, wow. That was my conclusion uh, because I didn't set out to work with rock climbers and all these mountain athletes. They found me. And they found mm-hmm. me because, like, in the beginning, I was like, I don't know. I just want to be outside and I want to climb and ski. And, like, that's what brings me the most joy. And. Yeah. And so I could just relate to their joy. And then so naturally my business gravitated towards that. And so like we have, like you mentioned earlier, we have in our brain a negativity bias. Mm -hmm. Most of us know at this point that that's how we survive. If there was like a rock in the woods and the people were like, oh, whatever, you know, I think it's just a rock. Let's keep going. Like, and it was really a bear. like or a tiger like you know that tiger or bear attacked them and they were not the people who survived the people who survived were like oh look at that rock is it a rock maybe it's a bear or a tiger i don't know let's go a different way those are the people like that's our genetics right so yes. we have a negativity bias but that's like an old program for us since we have so many things that are keeping us safe today and mm-hmm. so um as well as like, okay, so how can we keep hardwiring this happiness in our life? Because mm-hmm. we have to be really intentional about it. Um, from the research of Barbara Fredrickson, for every mm-hmm. one negative thought, we need three positives just to balance that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. five to be in the positive. And so I think it's like, well, how can we keep evolving our species and ourselves by bringing more joy into our life, bringing more pleasure into our life, because then at a very cellular level, like we are radiating amazing health and well-being. And mm-hmm. so I, and like the athletes that I work with, it's really like they love what they do and they just happen to just keep working at it even when it was really hard you know it's not all rainbows and roses like even when it really got hard it's like 
I just know this is a dip. I really like what I do. It's just part of the learning process. But I just really like being outside or I really like climbing or I really like being with my friends. So I'm going to keep going with this because there's a bigger picture than just this like negative self-talk or this bad training day that I'm having right now. So being able to connect with more of those pleasurable activities because there's a lot of negative <laughs> and keep yeah. connecting with those so you can keep moving forward yeah uh it's 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 beautiful as said and um you know it's uh also clarity about those things that bring you joy right so like consciously knowing those um activities and and anything that that, that can bring you joy and it reminded me that actually you have a free giveaway for the listeners, it's called your ideal vision, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because, um, you know, this um, joy reminded me that clarity and, and vision about the things that you want to have, it's really important, uh, meaning it's really important to have a positive vision for each area of your life. So would you tell us a little bit more about this uh, free giveaway? What's included in that? Yeah, so this is in alignment with peak performance comes from peak wellness. And there's these different mm. aspects of your well-being. And so each one of those physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, there are questions for that ideal vision. And so there's different, um, I think there's seven different spheres that's just like mm -hmm. questions to think about. And it's it's not just the future. It's like, where are you at right now? Like, where are you at? Like, if you looked at yourself in the mirror, what is it that you look like? You feel like what? It, what's going on right now? And we forget to celebrate like all of the things that we've done to get, to get here. Maybe you know you want to be in in the future, and there's other things that you want. But what about all the things that? you've done up until this point and celebrate those things like be really mm -hmm. grounded in what's happening right now so there's the seven spheres of those questions and then then what is it that you want for the future mm -hmm. like what mm -hmm. do you want your work life to look like how much do you want to laugh and smile do your during your day um like what is your home life like do you want it to be cozy and welcoming like what are each of these fears what is it that you want them like and sometimes like i've done this with you know elite performers and they'll be like mm -hmm. whoa i actually really like mm -hmm. my life <laughs> <laughs> you know they complain a lot but they're like well, there's actually a lot of good things going on in my life. I'm like, hell yeah, there are. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it might. It's, it's, it's really true. And, um, gratitude journaling. You mentioned gratitude journaling. It's the aim of that is to get aware of these things that you have, positive things that you have in your life, because we tend to forget those things, right? I think about the things that I haven't done during the day, not the things that I have done. So it's really important to, you know, just get aware. I did this, it's done. I'm proud of that. So you should be grateful, right? Not that, not thinking about the things that you haven't done. So that's what I wanted to say about this. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, actually, um, it's, it's a really great exercise and it's going to be in the show notes. So people will find this, um, and I wanted to ask you about your book because you mentioned that you wrote a book and it's called Elevate Your Excellence, The Mindset and Methods That Can Make Champions. So would you tell us a little bit more about this book? Like uh, who is this for? Who is this book for? 
uh, what's the name of the book, chapters, uh, a little bit about the chapters as well. Yeah, uh, so the book is a peer-reviewed sports psychology textbook, and but it's not like your typical traditional textbook. It is meant for coaches and athletes and parents who are really interested in the science behind sports psychology, as well as like real life practical applications. And so it's really more for an athletic population than it is like the general like corporate world. You'll get, um, Mm -hmm. you'll get information from it, but it's really for like coaches and athletes and, um, yeah, so it's just really a foundational text. It's only 150 pages. So if you know textbooks, they're like three to 400 pages. So it's really distilled down into really clear, concise ways of describing motivation. What is that? And then how do you instill mo- more motivation or better motivation in your life? So how to light that fire and keep it burning. It's about mm-hmm. setting goals. Like how do you achieve like big dreams and bold goals. It's also about like performing under pressure. How do you go from stress to success? So there are like imagery scripts in there for that. Um, progressive muscle relaxation scripts um, and relaxation and ener- even energizing strategies. And then it talks a lot about imagery as well. So how do you visualize to actualize um, is a little saying. Mm. So how do you like there's this acronym C. So how do you I have a lot of acronyms acronyms because that's how I learn. (laughs) So how do you visualize? How do you see it? Like the S is C. How do you actually see it? The E is like, how do you enrich it? How do you have a full experience using all of your senses? And then E is like, how do you enjoy it? How do you just absorb all of these great things that you want to have happen? So um, yeah, Mm. so the book has like little tips like that in it throughout the chapters. Sounds really, really exciting. And it's going to be in the show notes as well. So people will uh, find it. And, you know, I was wondering um, for people who want to read a little bit more about mindset or peak performance, also maybe for sports people or business people, entrepreneurs, like what are the books that transformed your mind, so to speak, that had a big impact on your life in any ways? It can be business books, mindset books. Let's see. you know, every book I feel like is like, woo, all right. <laughs> um, each one that I read. Uh, you know, recently the books that I've read is The Passion Paradox, which I think would be really interesting mm-hmm. for this group of like, okay, you're passionate Sounds about something, great. but there's a paradox to it and how sometimes it's necessary to live an unbalanced life, but you have to do it for the the right reasons following your passion or else it will crush you. It it will destroy you. So that was a really interesting Mm -hmm. book. Um, Let's see. The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. Mm, Yes. (laughs) Um, And there's a book by uh, him. um, It's um, The Surrender Experiment. Anyways, so before I ask my last question, tell people where they can find you online. Yeah, my website is www.mindset-coach.com. 
And you can also mm-hmm. find me on social media uh, at Instagram and Facebook. And my handle is at Mindset Doctor. So Mindset DR. Okay, that's fine. And my last question is, so what is your mission and uh, your purpose with with what you do, Mindset Coach? Like uh, what is the legacy that you want to live or the impact that you want to have? Yeah, that's a great question. It's really about redefining success. You know, it's the grinding and achieving that is glamorized, but not all that healthy. So how do we redefine success and health and human performance so that it's about taking better care of ourselves like each and each other as well as the planet? Like when we are doing that, like then we can expand to exponential levels, like, and then we add value to the world. And we're enjoying ourselves in the process when we are doing the things that, that we, we love, you know, like we're, then we're sending more love to the planet. And I find it really interesting that as autoimmune diseases, insomnia, anxiety, and cancers, all of those things are like increasing in our world like our bodies are heating up and i find it really fascinating as our bodies are heating up so is the planet so the mm. single biggest mm. thing that you can do is take care of yourself you know that's the biggest positive impact that you can make is how are you living your best life because we are only here on this planet for a very short time um you know we're old enough now at least i am i've had a lot of tragedy and trauma and lost a lot of friends and like what do i want to do with that time do i want to feed the critic and let that allow me to play small or do i want to feed the champion and radiate this amazing health and well-being Wow, it's beautiful, it's said. And you know, my fascination is that so many people live small. Uh, I mean, play small. And, um, you know, they should aim, I mean, I believe they should aim to bring the best out of themselves. As we talked about self-actualization, but we are in this survival mode, a lot of people, you know. And, and yeah, um, I have this fascination of... Uh, supporting people to bring the best out of themselves and, and focus on what they want instead of being in this survival mode. So, yeah, uh, Chris, let's change the world. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully this podcast will help people uh, wake up. <laughs> and um, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, it was my pleasure talking with you. It, it's super fun to just chat with someone who's in the like-minded field so thank you very much it was my honor what is up mindset nation thank you so much for listening and i really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you and if so please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation, so please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show and don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website MindsetHorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, Mindset Transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Leave us a message. We'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. 
All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. Take care and be limitless, my friends.